You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. I'm health editor Dallas Bastian, and I'm joined by Heather Pierce from the University of Technology, Sydney, to discuss her recent publication on the prevalence and severity of urinary incontinence among female nurses and midwives, and the relationship between the condition and intention to leave their current job. Thank you for joining me, Heather. Yeah, thanks, Dallas. It's great to have the opportunity to talk about my research. Why did you decide to look into the prevalence of and impact of urinary incontinence among nurses and midwives? Well, the experience of incontinence or urinary incontinence is what we're talking about is something that is quite prevalent. A lot of people do have this condition and those who are otherwise healthy and active, it can have profound effects on their mental health and their social interactions. So we do know that people leak, leak urine, um, but what we... We have limited knowledge on how it actually impacts people um, when they're at work. And so the study that I'm doing actually forms part of a much larger project, which has been funded by the Australian Research Council and the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association. And it's called Fit for the Future. And the reason for that was that we wanted to know what the health of our workforce, our nurses and midwives was, and, and make recommendations to managers and policymakers as to how to keep the workforce healthy and how to keep them staying at work. And this is basically because our workforce is getting older. And uh, just like the general Australian population, we're not always um, at our peak of health. And so incontinence or urine incontinence is basically just that ability to not be able to voluntarily hold on to to urine. And it can occur with activities like exercise, coughing, sneezing, or simply by not making it to the toilet in time when you have a strong urge to go. It is prevalent, as I said before, in women and it is prevalent in men. However, it increases with age and we we know that the problem uh, is present, is going to be present to some degree in the workforce because, as we all know, majority of nurses and midwives are female. Uh, our study showed that it was around 90%. We also know that it occurs with health issues such as obesity. So if you have a a BMI greater than 30, it actually doubles your risk of having urinary incontinence. And uh, the other really important issue is that it's a hidden problem. So not many people disclose that they have the problem because they're embarrassed or ashamed. And statistics also show us that very few people seek help and it takes quite a long time and it needs to be quite severe before they even do seek help even though there is strong evidence that it can be better managed or cured. Um, So long answer to your question, but basically my background as a midwife and as a women's health physio made this an ideal topic for me to to look into. So you surveyed nurses and and midwives and included questions about urinary incontinence. How common was the condition among female nurses and midwives and were the findings in line with your expectations? Well, it's... We were looking at prevalence, and prevalence basically means how often a condition is present in the population over a a time period. So with the study that we put out, which was an electronic survey to over... uh, We had over 5,000 responses from nurses and midwives around New South Wales, and we had 3,000 who actually answered the question on urine leakage. So when we asked about urine leakage, we found that um, one in three of the women who the nurses and midwives who responded to that question had some degree of urine leakage in that past month. The previous work, uh, particularly in Australia, has shown that uh, 
women do leak, and the prevalence is really dependent on how old you are. So in the younger age groups, uh, sort of under the age of 30, it's more around like 10% of women. And as we get older, that prevalence increases. So that over the age of 30, in the general community, um, from a very large population survey called the Australian Longitudinal Study, uh, the prevalence was around um, 35% in over 45-year-olds. And so we know that it's, as I said before, we know that it's there. Our research showed the prevalence of um, 32% overall. So that was in a group from 18 to 73. And in the over 40-year-olds, the prevalence was actually 40%, which does appear higher than previous Australian figures. And, uh, yeah, in terms of comparing to international work of women of working age, um, large European um, studies have shown the prevalence of younger ones at about 7% and those in the 40 to 60-year-old group around 14%. So prevalence around 40% sounds high and uh, there are lots of different reasons for that and it's very difficult to compare figures, but um, yeah, that was a little higher than what we expected. And are the figures in line with with what uh, you would expect or, or likely see among women in in other professions with with a similar demographic, or may other factors specific to nursing or midwifery uh, be be affecting the prevalence of urinary incontinence? Yeah. It's Dallas. It's really hard to answer that question because there isn't a lot of research specific to occupations to people at work in different jobs. Um, and, and again, with any research that has been done, which is quite limited, it's difficult to com- directly compare results. So in my earlier work, um, I, with my supervisors as a PhD student, I looked at what had, what, who had looked at this question. And uh, there are a few studies that have looked at teachers and academic workers and factory workers. And so they're quite limited, and this is over the past 20 or so years, there was a handful of studies that I was able to draw out of. That was 12 studies. majority of them were on nurses. There were five studies on nurses. And they talked about teachers being similar to nurses because they also, because of their job requirements, may have restricted access to toilets. They might develop poor bladder habits and that may in turn may dispose them to urinary symptoms. So uh, incontinence or leaking of urine is a, is a symptom of, being able to hold on or store the urine in the bladder. And there are other symptoms associated. So you may have a very strong urge to pass urine which you can't put off. You might go to the toilet very frequently, so more than six or eight times, so seven or eight times a day, which is what we would see as normal. And sometimes you have to get up more than once at night. So leaking is really just a symptom of, of, a, of a, another problem, which is being able to store the urine in your bladder. And... Uh, what was interesting about our study in, in terms of uh, job-specific or occupation-specific um, uh, requirements was that uh, the presence of something called urge incontinence, which is where you leak before getting to the toilet, was or appeared higher than what's previously been reported in other, in other studies. So amongst that 32% of nurses and midwives who said they leaked, 20% or one in five of them um, leaked before they got to the toilet, so they had this urgency. And we think perhaps that it's it's just because of work demands that they delay going to the, to the toilet, they can't get to the toilet easily, and uh, they leak um, and they can't hold on to that urge any longer. But that's just speculation. 
Um, we also know that a strategy to prevent incontinence is, is using the bathroom frequently and emptying just in case. And that sort of habit can interrupt a nurse's work pat and be a real problem if they can't access the toilet when they actually need to. You also explored how, how UI might affect a nurses and midwives' intention to leave their current job. What did respondents who, who said they have experienced symptoms of urinary incontinence reveal about their, their approach to their work? Well, we, we didn't, we couldn't really um, determine uh, what their approach to work because it was just one, the question that I asked was one question in a, in a whole barrage of questions that the nurses and midwives answered. So they, the, the larger survey collected a lot of different health variables um, from, and, and health habits, healthy habits from what we eat and what we drink and uh, uh, what our BMI was, previous our health habits in terms of health screening and things like that. So we, I wasn't able to ask a question about um, the approach to the work, but we did find out work characteristics. And what I mean by that was we did ask whether they worked part-time, full-time, did shift work, and what um, area they worked in, whether it was acute care or aged care, etc. And we did find that uh, nurses and midwives who worked, in, who worked part-time hours or, or didn't do shift work, so they worked day hours, they were more likely to report having incontinence and we know that there's lots of different reasons for, for work choices obviously not just um, incontinence but we sort of go back to previous research which is quite limited as I said but, but um, researchers have said urine incontinence experience of it has influenced women's decisions about by reducing the number of hours they work and the type of work that they do so I guess um the reporting of incontinence in this study um, matches that previous work. Why is UI having an impact on that decision to reduce working hours? What, what might be the, the cause of that uh, intention? Well, when we talk about UI, which is urine incontinence, we need to talk about um, how severe the symptoms are because when it comes to leaking, it might just be the occasional leakage when you sport or you've got the flu and you're coughing and you're sneezing, um, it might be something that actually doesn't particularly bother you. It doesn't occur very often and doesn't bother you. So in the question that we asked in the large survey, we, we asked um, about the severity of incontinence and we were able to determine that by reflecting the frequency and amount of leakage and how much it bothered the nurse or midwife who had the condition. And so what we found that the nurses and midwives who had severe incontinence, um, they were much more likely to say intend or indicate an intention to leave their job. Um, so not the actual workforce, but to leave their current role in the next 12 months than those who had slight or what we would call slight or moderate symptoms. So in the study we found it was a very small percentage, so about 40 of the nurses and midwives, and this is out of a sample of um, uh, nearly a thousand who who actually had incontinence, and that, so that's four point around four point four percent. And so, even though the percentage is small, what happens is that there are other factors that influence that severity. And our concern is that um, if you can't manage your symptoms in your role, then um, that's probably why you would plan to leave or change your job, work fewer fewer hours or work in another setting or in a role where you can manage your symptoms or have easier access to the toilet. 
what do you hope comes from from this research? It's a great question, and I think um, as I started with the interview, uh, incontinence is something that um, is a bit of a taboo topic, and it can have profound effects on on people's mental health, on their social interactions, and because it's a taboo topic, it's not something we talk about a lot, and if we do talk about it, it's usually with a a giggle. Um, the first, my, my greatest aim is to create awareness of the condition, even amongst nurses and midwives, but, but particularly among work, work, workplaces, um, and to make it okay to talk about it and make it okay to seek help because, and to disclose this to medical care courts or, or healthcare providers because it can be med, better managed or cured. Um, in terms of the workplace, um, I'd like to make recommendations, well that's the plan, is to make recommendations to managers and policy makers. Um, as uh, I stated earlier, the, the research is funded partly by the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association. And so, and the whole purpose of the larger study is to keep our nurses healthy and active and in the workforce. So uh, making recommendations regarding the need to educate workers, but also um, it could mean changing work conditions, um, making recommendations to reduce factors that can contribute or exacerbate symptoms or make management of symptoms in the workplace difficult. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's about dignity. Um, I think leaking urine, if anybody's ever experienced it, it is embarrassing and it is associated with shame, unfortunately. And I recent and just that whole discussion around toilets and um, being able to hold on, and, and the World Health Organization actually says that the ability to to drink and to have sanitation, it's a, it's a basic human right and it's a fundamental um, uh, part of, of being dignified or having dignity. And I recently saw, I don't know whether you've seen the movie Hidden Figures, um, in that movie there's a woman who's in the lead role and she found it difficult to access the bathroom when she needed to. I mean, in that particular movie there's issues around gender, um, being a woman and around segregation because of colour of her skin. But essentially she had problems meeting one of our most basic human needs and perhaps you know, I, I think perhaps this situation is occurring under our very noses and, and it's hidden, we've accepted it as the norm and uh, we we just get on with life. And I'm just wondering if anybody's ever wondered why are there queues outside women's toilets? I mean, why is this a question that we should just um, ignore or is it it's something that I want to ask and I want to ask should it be the norm?